Welcome back to The Analysis. This is Mark DeMoss and Deanna Huff, and uh, grateful to converse with you again today, Deanna, as we talk about a, a subject that's really challenging and difficult uh, in our world today, and we're talking about it because we've just come out of such a difficult season in politics. And uh, we, we don't want to talk about politics specifically, really politics and church and religion and, and how all that mixes together and just the conversation of that. How do you have a good, decent conversation and think politically as a person uh, in, in our nation? But I, I want to say that, that ought to translate to any nation you live in. How do you think and behave politically with your religion and with other religious people? and have those conversations. So that's what we're talking about today, just trying to help others think about those things and be be who they're supposed to be, be proactive, but um, also talk and not wound. Yeah, and there's so many times when people disagree on things that can be disagreed on, you mm-hmm. know, like they're not essential matters, right. like the resurrection or something. <laughs> right. And so it's there's room for disagreement. And then there's matters where there's like not room for disagreement. So how do we kind of discern those things? Mm-hmm. And, and especially now, because I think, you know, with COVID and with all the ideas of how each city should handle different mm-hmm. things. You've seen a lot of conversations. Yeah. And one of the sad things that I've seen the most is that because of the disagreements being mishandled, people are pulling away from having the conversation. Yeah. And so they're saying things like, well, I don't want to talk about religion or I don't mm-hmm. want to talk about politics and I don't want to talk about morality because this makes me feel uncomfortable. And I don't think that that's necessarily a direction that is healthy for our communities because we gotta be able to have discussion and either agree or disagree and be able to walk away from that. And one of the things that I always think about when I'm thinking about disagreeing Mm -hmm. conversations when someone's disagreeable or something, I just, Think about when Jesus was talking to the rich ring ruler who mm-hmm. comes up and he's like, hey, what do I do to enter the kingdom of heaven? And yeah. he goes, go sell everything you have. Yeah. Well, first he says, follow the Ten Commandments. I'm kind yeah. of paraphrasing. Sure. And then he says, well, you know, I've followed all the commandments. And then he says, well, you know, go and sell everything you have. And he walks away sad. And sometimes when I'm talking to my students, I tell them, I say, you know, Jesus doesn't like run after him. He doesn't tackle him down. Right. He doesn't do any of that. He has a discussion. He has a conversation. He tells him the truth and he walks away or lets the man walk away. Mm-hmm. Right? right. And I don't know that we do enough of that. I don't know if we can have the discussion and walk away and let people think about the conversation and make decisions, try to think Christianly from God's word and filter those things through God's word, taking every thought captive. I don't know that we're doing that very well. And so we're shutting down the conversation as opposed to allowing it to be something that's beneficial and useful to us. Yeah. Yeah. We're, spending way too much energy and time just trying to get them convinced to our side. Mm-hmm. And if they don't get to our side, you know, Jesus, Jesus told them the truth and it was the truth. And 
him not being on Jesus' side in that matter was eternally yes. a, a difficulty. But he, with such a grave matter, he still let him walk away to think. And and we don't know what happened to the man. The Bible doesn't give us any more detail. Perhaps he did go away and think about it and come to faith later. Who knows? Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I guess we'll know that someday in heaven. But Jesus let him walk away, like you pointed out. And, and I think we're so often convinced our way is the way and the only right way, even in non-essentials, mm-hmm. that we can't let the conversation go. That they're going to walk away and we're going to go, no, 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 no. You've got to see that I'm right. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and one of the problems with that is we, we begin to frame everything either or. It's this yeah. or it's that. And our whole political system has created that because you, I mean, you can't go into any discussion with news, media, social media, or a person that it doesn't get framed red or blue. Mm-hmm. And it's either or. There's no just discussion of what would work, what would be best. How, if, if it doesn't sound like the way the red people frame it, you're blue. And if it doesn't sound like the blue people frame it, <laughs> you're red. And, and you can't just be going... I'm trying to figure it out. There's not much room to just debate and dialogue and figure things out. You're you're drugged to, oh, you must think this way or you must think that way. And we begin to really feel that way. Mm-hmm. I need to get my opinion together and know what I believe and I need to be able to go and state it and stand on it and claim it and know I'm right. And mm-hmm. and, and Deanna, frankly, there's a lot of issues in the world I'm still trying to figure out. Yeah, and you know, it, one of the things that as we're discussing this that comes to mind for me is that there are still political issues that I want to have the discussion on, and I really do want to hear the other side mm-hmm. because it helps me to see either one, maybe I have shortcomings, you know, right. or or I'm short-sighted would be a better way of saying that. But also, I want to think Christianly about it. And so if I'm coming to a topic, so I can think pretty Christianly about abortion. That's not a hard subject for me, right? Right. And so I know that God values life. But there are other subjects that come up on a regular basis. And I have to come to the table with somebody who is maybe not like-minded with me. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I think about the 12 disciples and how Jesus brought these guys together. Yeah. And they really did think differently. Mm-hmm. But he he centralized on thinking godly, you yeah. know? Yeah. And because of how they thought about who God is and who man is, they could go out into the community and think biblically. Right. And I think that that's really important for us to be able to recognize there, there really, I don't know how many theologians there have been in the past or are, but even the greatest theologians don't agree on everything. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, in the, in theological terms, we, we kind of understand what the essentials are and where you have to believe to be orthodox or be a believer. And then there's lots of, lots of room for theological disagreement. Politics has some of those same matters. Uh, and, and even abortion, where you could go, man, a biblical worldview of, of abortion is going to be, we're for life. But I've had a lot of conversations with Christians over the years that are still working their way there. Yeah. And trying to figure out, like they know, 
they would say, I'm not pro-abortion, but if, right? Uh-huh, and they have uh-huh. these kind of categories that they, if this were going, if that, if that man's daughter was raped, mm-hmm. you'd deny her an abortion. You would deny her an abortion. If, if the mom was about to die, you'd deny that family from getting an abortion to save the mom. Right. They get these categories of things that sound like that could be an exception to an absolute and, mm-hmm. and I'm at an absolute place on abortion. So, mm-hmm. I, but I don't want to, I don't want to just dismiss the conversation with that individual. Mm-hmm. I want to help move them along. So I want to engage in the conversation and it's real easy, even on something that seems so clear to just dismiss someone to the point that, you know, well, so you're going to be a blue person and I'll be the red person, mm-hmm. you know, and rather than going, okay, let's think through that. Let's talk about that biblically. Let's think about those subjects biblically. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and the disciples were were very politically different. Mm-hmm. You're talking about Jesus bringing a group together. They had different politics about how to handle the whole issue with Rome. Yeah. Uh, uh, you had a zealot. Simon was known as the zealot. Yeah. So you know what he thought about getting rid of Rome. Like, let's just go kill some soldiers, right? That's his, that's, that was their mentality. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and you had others that wanted to really just hide out from it. Hey, I'm just going to be in my boat and fish. No, I don't want to talk about these, these issues, right? Yes. You know, yes. don't talk to me about the taxes I owe Rome. Just let me fish. <laughs> no, yeah. you go get the fish. We got to get our taxes. You know? <laughs> uh, and so they were very politically diverse, and yet Jesus brought them together and sent them into the world. Yeah, and what's so important for us to recognize is for our particular country, and and I know every government, you have to consider within every government what the role is of the citizen. You hope mm-hmm. that it's to maximize liberty, right? right? And that's what we've had here in America. We, we've had this ability to vote, to have a voice in our country, mm-hmm. right? right? To have the media supposedly supposed to have the ability to write the way that they see fit, right? To, mm-hmm. to speak the truth, all right. those kinds yeah. of things. But what we don't necessarily think about sometimes is when we shut down the conversation is that in our country, we still today, at least to some degree, have some sort of influence from representation of the people, right? Mm -hmm. We're supposed to anyway. And so if that is true, the government is a reflection of the people. And so we want to have our voice in the conversation so that we can influence it for good. Mm -hmm. And someone's morality will be legislated, whether it is a a secular morality being legislated, Mm -hmm. whether it is a Christian morality, whether it is a Jewish morality, someone's is going to be legislated. And I think the founding fathers were thinking, you know, it's self-evident these laws speaking specifically, say, for the Ten Commandments. Mm-hmm. These things are self-evident to, to people, right? And so we should follow and teach ethics to a generation so that when they become adults, mm-hmm. then the society can reflect yeah. those ethics and it can be good for the community. Right. You don't want people stealing from one another. You don't want people going around shooting one another, all those kind of things. Right. 
And so I think it's really important for us to, to realize, no, we, we do need to have a voice in the conversation. And even though it's going to look different in the conversation, if I could go back and tell my younger self, <laughs> you know, my 20s and 30s, not to be so dogmatic, mm-hmm. then I surely would. But through time, I have realized that to really value people and respect people, mm-hmm. we got to ask good questions and we got to figure out how to get the best response. And sometimes it looks differently than what I might think. Yeah. Yeah. Because what you want is people to hear, right? Uh, there's no reason to have a conversation if somebody's not listening. And I think that's the problem we're getting modeled for us by our news media is nobody's listening, everybody's talking, right? Mm-hmm. You have a moderator, you have somebody that hosts a show. They throw out a subject, they have two people of differing opinions, and they give them each an opportunity to state their side, and then it becomes this free-for-all where three people are all talking at one time. The moderator's trying to redirect the conversation <laughs> to their agenda, Yeah. right? And, and every moderator has an agenda. Right? You know, every host has a, a bent, and, and that's okay. I, under, I understand that. Uh, but then the other two are just restating their argument against the other and nobody's listening. And so we kind of get that model to us, and that's the way we begin to engage if we're going to be a part. Mm-hmm. Are you going to be part of the conversation? You feel like, well, then I'm just supposed to go out there and kind of blast my opinion and not have a conversation. It doesn't matter if somebody's listening. I've just got to say the truth. Mm-hmm. And we should speak the truth. Speaking the truth in love means I'm going to prefer other people above myself. So I'm going to give you space to listen. I'm going to give you space to talk. I'm going to truly listen to you. Mm -hmm. If I'm going to love you well, I'm going to hear what you have to say. That doesn't mean I agree with what you have to say. But I will hear what you have to say. And I will process it and dialogue with you about it without demeaning you as a human for having that opinion. Yeah. Right. And I and you, you said something there that I think is really important is that when we're listening, I think some sometimes we allow fear to direct us into thinking that if we look like we're listening to someone, we're endorsing their mm-hmm. behavior right. or we're agreeing with them. Now, I teach apologetics, right? Mm-hmm. So we've kind of talked about that before on here. And one of the things that we do is we go around to different places in the city and I allow my students to just listen to mm-hmm. different opposing views yeah. rather than their own. And, you know, some people would say, oh, well, you're you're allowing them to go in and, and listen to, you know, <laughs> other religious beliefs. And I'm like... Yeah, well, we're in a society. They're hearing it whether I take them or not. Exactly. Right? But the reason I do it, and we we went to, and I, won't, I don't have to mention who or where here, but we went to this, this one church. They're doing a lot in their community. And as the leader of the church was speaking, they knew we were coming from a Christian Orthodox background. Mm-hmm. But they were so polite in the way that they express their views and their beliefs. And they said, you know, we we realize that you're not going to agree with where we're at in the way we view this issue. And it was a social issue. Mm-hmm. And they said, but we want to be able to have the conversation. Wow. And 
one of the things I told my students, I said, you've got to learn to listen to people as they're in the conversation, because if, if we don't know where they are, if we don't know what they're talking about, mm-hmm. how will we even know where to begin the conversation for allowing truth to be spoken? And Jesus, you know, when he's going through the, the trials right before he's, he's crucified, you know, he's saying before Pilate, and he says, what is truth? And Jesus says, I came to testify to the truth. Yeah. And yet in in many parts of his trial, he was silent. There were times that he spoke, times that he was silent. Mm-hmm. But he, his his whole point is, I'm testifying to what truth is. Mm-hmm. And so how can we best do that? Well, we got to learn to listen and respect people and value people yeah. and then have the conversation and allow God to change people's hearts. Yeah, and, and I think that's one of the things that we miss we're we're dealing with a heart issue and so praying praying for that individual while we're hearing what they have to say because if god doesn't open their blinded eyes they won't be opened mm-hmm. by our arguments god mm-hmm. may use our arguments to open so we should be equipped right. and speak that's right but if god doesn't open them our argument alone won't do that mm-hmm. and so allowing and and loving and praying uh, and so you can you can listen and not be in agreement. I loved what you said there. You, you can sometimes it looks like when you're listening, you're just in agreement because when you listen, you make eye contact and you nod along and you you ask clarifying questions. Oh, you're saying this and you're saying this. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't mean you're in agreement. You're just trying to get it. You're trying to yes. understand it. Mm-hmm. And when I understand what you think, and if I love you as a person, you're going to give me freedom to begin to speak back. And and when I've been in those conversations and that individual doesn't give me the freedom to speak back, you really do have to do what Jesus did. I'm going to say what I know to be true, mm-hmm. and I'm going to let you walk away. Or I'm going to I've, I've had people want to stay after me, and I've been like, hey, listen, it, I'm okay. <laughs> I'm okay. You, you heard what I think. I, I don't need to keep saying that. And I'm not mad at you, and I don't hate you, but we don't need to talk about this anymore. You know, I... And, and been had, had to pull away. So um, as we kind of begin to wrap up and, and close this, uh, Deanna, we, we talked about a little bit the concept of legislating morality. Someone's going to legislate morality. Someone's, someone's morality is going to be legislated. That's the right way to say that. Someone's morality is getting legislated. Mm-hmm. And so we've, we've got to understand that um, as Christians, we want to be engaged in the conversation. We want to we want to have a voice, and legislating truth needs needs to not just look uh, demeaning to others, but we do need to understand it's going to get legislated. Yeah, absolutely. And as we think biblically about some of these situations that are on the table even now. I know, you know, even if you bring up the word immigration, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's a big issue. But the truth is, is that if you look throughout the Old Testament, it's talked about all the time, right? Yeah. Yeah. And so we don't want to shrink back from the conversations, but but to be able to look at this situation biblically, think Christianly, and say, what's going to be able to to be good for our society. And I really think that when Jeremiah 
you know, is is speaking in Jeremiah 29. Mm-hmm. If you read further down, it says, I can't remember the exact wording, but it is do well, right, right. for your community. That's right. So that it's not just blessing you, it's blessing the entire community, right? Yes. So when you have good marriages then you can see the product. Not that everybody's going to be perfect, right? Right. That's not what we're saying. But you can see the product of healthy kids and healthy behaviors and things like that. Mm -hmm. And not that there's not any poor behaviors. You just have a lessening of some of those things when you have good legislation. So what does that look like in you know, the ideas of marriage? What does it look like in the ideas of education? And what does it look like to have religious liberty in the public square? Should that be something that we're talking about? I mean, the Equality Act that everyone's talking about, Mm -hmm. we, I do think that we have to be careful in in shutting down. We don't want to shut down from that. But we also don't want to sound belligerent. Right. Yeah. And I think that that's kind of the balance. I, I, as I was thinking about those two things, I was thinking about the proverb in Proverbs 9.8 and 9.9 when it's talking about it. And it's talking about reproving a scoffer. You know, you reprove a wise man and he will love you. Right. And, you know, you rep- reprove some and they're going to hate you. And so I yeah. think being discerning in the conversation, if someone is really resistant, then you can say, okay, I, I think that the Lord's not opening up the door for this conversation. Right. But if he's opening the door, then how do we soften and allow the Holy Spirit to do the work? Yeah, that's a good, that's a good word. Um, you know, in that part of Jeremiah where you're talking about um, you have a people that are abandoned to a nation that is pagan and and yet it's going to be good for the society if you go in and continue to live by biblical law. You just keep living by biblical law and it'll bless your life. You'll live peacefully and quietly and it'll bless that community. And that's what we need to be doing now is we're in a situation where the tide is very against Christian ideals. And I think we need to be careful about saying, well, let's just legislate more Christianity. No, let's talk about legislating what is good for all. Yes. It's good for all if there's a husband and a wife raising children together. That's good for the society if it mm-hmm. works that way. So that's not legislating Christianity. That's legislating what's good for a society, right? Yes. Uh, it's good for a society if you don't kill off its unborn children. So we're not legislating a Christian ethic. We're legislating what's good for society. And I think if we can get ourselves talking that way and get out of the mantra of you've got to do this our way you or, or, or you're going to burn kind of. Uh, and those are truths. Yeah. But... Engaging the conversation where you can be heard and softening, as you said. So hope this is a thin slice. Well, like oh we my bar- goodness. We barely cut the laminate off the cabinet. All right. <laughs> uh, so uh, we will we will talk more about these subjects. I know, but I appreciate the conversation today, and hopefully this helps those that listen. <laughs>